Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Champion. And today we're going to be talking about the newest Dr. Finn Games Kickstarter. And then, John, we're wrapping it up. Top 10 games of all time. Top 10 games of all time. So thanks for joining us for episode number 84. All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean. You are, John. With a blue collared shirt on that's got polka dots all over it. Dean, why are you wearing. You look kind of fancy today. Why is this fancy? I'm, I'm just saying, like, usually it's like a sweatshirt or a hoodie, maybe a polo shirt that's really wrinkled because you probably wore it to sleep the night before. <laughs> I okay, first off. All of my polos are wrinkle-free, John. I'm just playing. Also, messing I'm messing with Dean. So when I well, okay, two things. One, John said, make sure that I'm the loudest, and that's why when John started talking, I said, "Oh, you are." <laughs> you didn't know what I was talking about because mm-hmm. John wants to make sure he's mm-hmm. the loudest on the show, and he is. I, I I meant his clothing. Number two, I wore this shirt. To, you look fancy to the office one day, and I'll be wearing it today to the office. And someone complimented with, you. with my shorts, and they said, "No, my my secretary said." Oh, is it laundry day? <laughs> I actually think it looks kind of hipster. You know what I mean? It's a it's a blue shirt, collared shirt with short sleeve, like dress shirt, and it's got polka dots on it. it I, lo- you look like your hipster with dad's shoes on. I like this shirt a lot, and I was going to buy one that was a uh, flowery one. Kind of. I like, like this. it. I like it a lot. I like the one that there. There was one that was like pink flamingos, like this. Bro, where was that at? It got shot down. Belk. I was going to say, because I was at the Marshalls the other day, and they, the had, they, had, they had some of that. Okay. Hey, after this, do you want to go over to Marshalls and like buy clothes together? I never, ever want to do that. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's I don't like clothes shopping, and going clothes shopping with somebody that extends the clothes shopping time is oh, yeah. not something that I'm interested in. I'll go board game shopping with you. Okay. I'm sorry to disappoint. That what about harsh. shoe sure, shopping? I'll go shoe, shopping. Is, is shoe shopping like one thing that 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 it would be a closer chance than other clothes or nah? Maybe. Uh, probably, actually. There'd be a There's better chance about I would that. go shoe shopping. Maybe at the Croc store? Or, no. or at the... What about shoe shining? The white New Balance store? Would you go shoe... So Dean <laughs> is declaring, this is one of the reasons I brought up his clothes, <laughs> that Skechers are the new dad shoes. What? That's what you said the other day. Oh, I did say that. You yeah. said that your sketchers that you have are like the new dad shoes. I'm told. Are that your specific kind? Have we talked about this on the show? I was told that the, you know, we always make fun of white New Balance on the show about mm-hmm. those being dad shoes, but those are in style again. You don't believe it. I don't. But my students are telling me, no, no, this is kind of the thing again. Have you ever used a slack line? Yeah. Because last time I was on it, they, that's what my nickname was, white New Balance. Is that right? Because I was killer at it. <laughs> I don't. Uh, but what are, is it, are you talking about? Those specific Skechers that you're wearing, Dean, that are are dad shoes, or are you saying that just Skechers in general that dads wear? I wasn't making a, a, a broad statement. I was making a statement about myself. I I dress for comfort always, always. Not for today. Comfort. You're dressed for style with that shirt on. Well, it's a comfortable. I'm impressed. Shirt. It's a comfortable shirt, but shoes for sure comfort. I don't care what the shoes look like; they need to be comfortable. And I've found Skechers to be more comfortable. However, these shoes are not at all. I think oh, really? it's because I have a high arch and it's these these don't 
suit that. Are you into orthopedic socks? Mm, I no, I don't. What it, what what is that? Well, you you're in for comfort. So like, if if your legs started hurting or something, would you be? Oh, like the circulation socks, those yeah, kind of yeah, things. Yeah, I don't have any of those. I have running socks. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but, okay. But you actually run. I bought these socks when I used to run, but <laughs> but I don't run that much these days. I walk. I go for lots of walks. He runs to the fast food restaurants. <laughs> That was just too uh, easy. It's not true. That's really good. If it was true, then I wouldn't say it. Meeple Town, if you ever think, like, man, that, that John is mean, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody made a comment oh. in one of our videos about how they they appreciate how we have this back and forth and nobody seems to get upset. And that really is true. Like, we really yeah. don't get upset. But I wanted to say, yeah, but I'm crying on the inside. <laughs> Success. The truth is, I'm a robot on the inside. There are no feelings inside there. There's no feelings. Hey, I start the whole this whole day start off with me complimenting you in your clothes. That's right. In your attire. I don't know what to do with myself. Thank you. You're, Thank you for. You're welcome. You're looking good. If I was a woman and I wasn't married, I would ask you out on a date right now. Oh my goodness! You just have a t-shirt on today. I would ask. I know. And, it's, and it's kind of a little nicer t-shirt, maybe. It's a V-neck. Yeah. What What do you do with the What are, What are those shorts? What are those called? I don't know. Yeah. Those are like those uh, joggers. Like, yeah, kind of like shorts, joggers, but they're short versions short of version. them. Yeah, you know what, Dean? I will say that I have uh, gotten a little more into comfort as well. I think you're rubbing off on me. You're you're almost 40, John, and, and it's, oh, it's coming. That's what I don't happens. Know. I don't know. Who are you trying no. to impress these days? I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm out and about on the prowl. On the prowl. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. My wife's like cringing because she's listening right now. I'm trying to impress my wife. I want her to think that's the best looking guy in the room. Okay. Let's talk about some polls or a poll, right? Are we ready for that? <laughs> you got the giggles? I mean, I do because it's just like you just had to transition. I'm usually the one that has to bring this up and you're like, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's a board game poll. So if you are new to our podcast and you're like, hey, these guys are talking about clothing. Is this a clothing podcast? I would say it depends on the week. But we do always talk about some board games. Always. Is this... Okay, you said a poll. Did you actually do a poll? I did. Is and you're this gonna, the root thing or is this No, no, no. Wrong? You're going to like this one. Okay. I thought about you. When I thought about it was someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, posted a picture of a game and i don't remember which game it is i think it's a newer game and the box was gigantic baby got box okay mm. and so i decided descent, was that it I have you seen so. the new descent box maybe it was but i don't oh think goodness. it was that one it it's could be though huge could be okay so the poll is how important does a how much does a board game box size or shape matter to you have you ever not purchased a game because of the box size or shape? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. It kind of matters or it really matters to you. You I, like this question? I, Cause you I yeah, I mean, I'm kind of interested in this. I, I would imagine maybe, you know, publishers have to think about this a lot. Maybe they're interested in, in seeing results. Well, we had a comment that was, I'm about to do a Kickstarter and I would like to hear Oh, okay. Uh, see what it does. So I'm gonna guess it does matter somewhat. Maybe not like extreme, an extreme amount, but but somewhat. You have to factor that in, right? Okay. Do you I, I, let me give an example. You ready? 
So I have Mechs versus Minions, a game that I quite enjoy. And I've considered getting rid of it just mm-hmm. because because of the box size. It's so big, and I don't play as much as I want to, even though I really enjoy it. If it was a smaller box size, I wouldn't even consider getting rid of it. But I'm like, I can fit three games in that one spot. Well, there you go. That's actually what some of the thoughts that I had when it came to this poll. So we'll talk about that after you give me what you think the answer is. Do you think it was no, that, kind that, of matters? That, that was that was it. Answer. Okay, yeah. I wasn't going. I wasn't going Oops. with my answer first this week. John. Okay, I know you're used to that. But so that's actu- also my answer, though. Actually, that is incorrect. Okay. That was not the number one answer. It matters a whole lot then. That was not even close. Really, <laughs> Steve Wright two. All right. How many options we have? Four. No, it doesn't matter. Was the number one answer? <laughs> it doesn't. Can matter you believe that? At now all. it's it's fairly I actually close. Don't believe that. Fifty six percent said that it doesn't matter. Forty point five percent says it kind of matters, and only seven percent says said that it really matters. Interesting. How about that, huh? I would. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of facets to this that I'm thinking about. Well, I'll, I'll say some comments while you're thinking. How about this? Okay. One is uh, Steve on Twitter says oversized boxes are a big negative for me. That goes to, with you. That goes with what I was thinking was there are some games I have that maybe I don't play a ton and it's taking up two or three game spots. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, maybe I should just get rid of that one. Yeah. Like seriously, like if it was a game I loved, that's different, right? If it's a game I absolutely love, I'm not going to get rid of it because of the box. Sure. Size or shape. But... Anyway, so that's – but if, if it's a game that's borderline, yeah, it might get kicked out. Or if it's a weird shape that's just kind of sitting elongated on my bookshelf or whatever, and it's sticking out all awkward. I think Eric Eric Martin from Board Game Geek, I think it was him that did this series one time about shrinking down boxes. So basically like cutting boxes – and like a good example is Splendor. If you take away the insert for Splendor – you have some chips and like a really small stack of cards for that giant box. And so what he had done is like cut the box in half or cut it in a quarter and still keep, you know, the the look of it as best he could. And then, you know, just put the components in that piece and still made it look like a, a normal box that would be kind of on your shelf. Does that make sense? Yep. So I really love that idea and I've considered it for certain games. Like we've talked about El Grande on here about how, even with so I have the big box version even with all those components if you take out that insert I could fit it in like I don't know maybe a quarter size of that box or something like that other than the fact that you have the game board in there but anyway that's interesting I want to hear some comments it is well well, Tim uh, Crisco Crisco said the same thing kind of like he has limited shelf space which is what I do right I have two shelves Mm -hmm. um, and like whatever goes on those shelves and now they're like so many are on top of the shelves right now that it's getting a little ridiculous but it's kind of the same way and so it matters so yes games might get thrown out because of that which i think is interesting um uh, nick hayes actually posted the games like splendor had so much wasted space so he kind of had a similar comment that you have which can be very irritating uh, one comment that i thought was interesting too which is kind of the opposite of that because everyone has their own opinions um Gothic Game Labs on Twitter says, it's not about size alone, but the combination of that and price. If a game is expensive and a small box, I probably won't buy it. Hmm. So there is a, is there a perception thing where if there's a small box game and it's $60, but had really incredible components inside maybe, that like you might be hesitant because of how small the box is? I think so, and I think that's why publishers have to consider that I agree. piece too, which is... 
unfortunate, but I understand at the same time, you know, I, I wish that yeah. wasn't the case. And there are some that don't do that. You know, Root is a good example of that. I think Clients of Caledonia is a good, a good example of that. This small box that you have a ton of stuff in. Yeah. Now that can be kind of frustrating to some people because figuring out how to get everything back in that box oh, it's frustrating. Is, is quite a bear. Okay, John, real fast. I'm looking at my top 10 for today. Okay. Okay. Out of these one, two, three, uh, four, five, huge boxes. six, seven of those are either big boxes or I have a lot of stuff for them and yeah. they make up a big, you know, they take a big uh, uh, footprint. There we go. <laughs> I was going to say thumbprint and I was like, that's not right. That's not the way it works. Okay. They take up a big footprint in my collection, seven out of 10 of those. So I guess it doesn't matter Not like that much. extremely. But I've heard you say comments about like weirdly shaped boxes as well that you weren't super excited. Like remember the elf shaped box uh-huh. and you were like, uh, like because it's a triangle. Yeah. And like that's going to be kind of interesting or weird I don't like tins. Yeah. You know, sushi I don't like tins either. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's several things like that too, but I, I, I definitely consider that. And in fact, like if I walk into a store and I don't know anything about the games, I would probably bypass all of those 10 games. Right? Like, not even consider them. All 10 of them? All, t- all 10 of the 10 games. <laughs> I got you to laugh this time. That's, that's good. That's pretty good. All I right. bought a new game um, uh, in a 10, and I really hated it. <laughs> like, not to hate the game. I just did not like it being in a 10. I have a couple games in 10s. I'm trying to think of which ones. Are they, pre- th- are they pretty intense? That doesn't quite work. It wasn't as good, it? but the other one was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. A puppy. That's a cute puppy. All right. What are we doing? Dean's talking about something on Twitter. Do you want to read any more comments or are we? No, I mean, I think they were all honestly very similar to those statements. So I guess I will, uh, I guess we're going to say, understand that it really matters to not very many people. I think that that's the the key is that if you really like a game, I think it rarely is going to stop you from getting it. But for a lot of people, it does kind of matter. Especially if you have a larger collection. That's right. And, and you, you have to consider those things. Or if you have a limited collection and you're like, hey, I got to get that out of there. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, let's talk about... I was surprised too, though, honestly. Sorry to cut you off, but I was a little surprised at how few people said it doesn't matter at all because it absolutely does matter to me. Yeah. Anyways. Yep. I get that. You know, what I was going to say real fast, sorry about that. I wonder, you know, there are certain areas of the world where you know, where you might have larger spaces. So for example, in the United States, if I live in New York City, I'm not going to have a huge game collection, right? It's a great point. We live in Tennessee where you can get more house for less money. And so, you know, we probably have bigger spaces to have board games, right? Yep. And so those, those things factor in too. I'd be interested to see like some kind of a, a map with those answers. That's That's an interesting statement. Thanks. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. No, it is interesting. I mean, that's true. I mean, I bet if you looked at like a map of big city areas versus rural areas and stuff, of course, like we have. So who was it that went in? So there is a. Okay, yes. So I have a friend that does. Sorry, it took me a second. Who does renovations on homes? You know, Ryan, he like works Uh on things and, and, and paints and does things like that. I think it was him. And if it wasn't. Oh well, he walks into a house of of, a person that actually plays in some of the board game nights that we have around here, Mm -hmm. and literally their whole entire upstairs, like you know when you have the two story houses and Mm -hmm. you have a whole, it was board games. Oh yeah, like literally shelf after shelf, shelves in the middle. Like he took pictures of it, shelves in the middle of the room. Like it was like, I mean, probably a thousand games. I'm gonna guess. 
like in New York City, if you have a loft or an apartment, you're not going to have the room to do. I mean, I guess you could try your best. Yeah, but uh, but you have to be more selective. And I kind of, you know, thinking about it in the grand scheme of things, I think that's the way to go. I have a large board game collection, you know, and so I'm doing the thing that I'm saying that I shouldn't be doing. But I think the the way to go is to kind of have those games that you really, really enjoy yeah. and just kind of dig into them. I've actually been thinking a lot more of that lately. But Me too. Anyway, all right. So If you have any interesting, like, board game storage, send us picks. Like, I was just thinking of, is there... If I was in, had a small place, would I have a bed that had, you know, shelves underneath it or something like that, <laughs> like to store board games or I whatever? I think so, yeah. I think I would try to think of creative ways to store the games. Yep. Stuff so them you in, your, in your trunk. You might keep all your board games in your trunk of your car, right? Oof. You might bury them in a- Like in a killer? A, in the backyard. Like wow. a killer. You, you don't have to put them in like a body bag. Oof. You just put them back Kind of making right? me nervous right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to talk a few minutes. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but we we did some videos for Dr. Finn Games' new Kickstarter coming out. And so we're just going to give... Today! A, yeah. Th- which those, is yesterday. No. <laughs> that's right. You know, two days ago when you hear this. Two days ago. Yep, that's right. So the Kickstarter is live at this point. You can see all of our videos for these. I just wanted to, to kind of give just a, a few brief thoughts on, on some of these games. So we'll go through all four of these. Um, again, quickly, but John, why don't you start off talking about, uh, how about Apple Yaris? How about that? Apple Yaris. Okay. So why are we going to do this one first? Okay. Let's start with <laughs> little flower shop dice game. How about that? You like that? Apple Yaris is my favorite of these. So that's why I was waiting. Spoiler. To, yeah, no, I just spoiled it, but that's why I said that. It's, um, it's not my favorite, but I do like it. Yeah, it's not little flower shop. Okay. I'll mention this one. So little flower shop. So there is a little flower shop game. I'm going to see how many times I can say that. That's a drafting card game that he came out with. This is the dice game of that. And it looks very, very similar, right, Dean? Except for this time, instead of card drafting, like the other versions, just pure card drafting, draft a card, you know, whatever. This one, you're going to be rolling dice. I'll say that an interesting part of this game that I enjoyed is that you roll your dice, and then you're going to pick one or two of your dice to save. Um, If you want to spend money... A dollar per die, you can save more, but money is tight in this game, right, Dean? Mm -hmm. But what's so interesting is that the next phase is picking. There are In the two-player game, we're going to say there are three tiles that you can pick from to spend your dice on to put into... um, Well, you can put them into your flower shop, but to flip them over and then be worth the points and stuff. But what's intriguing is that whoever locks their dice in first, hey, guess what? They get to pick first. So you have this some of these interesting pools of... Man, should I spend three dollars to go ahead and take the rest of these dice right now so I can get that? Because I know Dean wants that tile. But also, if I go first, I also get less money because whoever goes first in a two-player game gets one dollar. Whoever goes second gets three dollars. So uh, those are that's my favorite part of the game, Dean. Those kind of decisions on, like. W- okay, I've got these dice, but I want that tile. Maybe I go ahead and let Dean have it so I can get the three bucks, you know? But, oh, maybe I should... Uh, is it really worth it to, for me to spend $3 right now to only get $1 and then to get that tile? Or should I just say, forget it. I'll save my money. I'll get three bucks, and I'll try to go for another one, though it's not worth as many points. Anyways, yep. I really like that about it. Yeah, and it, this is a game that I I like. I the, the drafting game, we talked about this in one of the videos, the card, the you know, the regular card game of this of this game is one of my favorite Dr. Finn games. I just, I really like it. You really like, yeah. mm, I think it's a really fun game. And 
I like card drafting anyway, and this one is just done really well because you can also play it with two players and it still plays out really well. Now, in the dice game, I like because it still has a lot of those same feels, like you're just you know kind of set collecting and putting the stuff out there and getting points. It's a simple game, I'll say yeah. that, but I've enjoyed it. It's it's a it's a simple you know, um, I wasn't gonna say gateway. I was gonna say a filler. It's a filler game yeah. for sure. It goes really fast, faster than the the regular card game, which I like. Um, and there's nothing like spectacular about the mechanics, but I just think it works really well together. And it I'm, does. I've enjoyed this one quite a bit. I like it. Yeah, this is mm, maybe my least favorite out of these four games. Doesn't mean it's a bad game though. I mean, I enjoy playing it. But anyways, yeah, there's a lot of dice. I've got a lot of dice games. I'm trying to, but think. that one part that I was saying is pretty is is cool. Yeah. yeah. So if you like light to medium light or filler dice games uh, it's it's worth a look at for sure yep all right i'll talk about the next one how about that go for it talk about the feds so the feds is a pretty unique game okay that did not turn out the way i thought it would in my head you tried to do too much i think (laughs) right yeah you just you got to keep it simple I sound like a freaking ghost. <laughs> I don't really know what to do with that. You got to work on that. That's that's really bad. <laughs> oh, I thought I could do a siren, but it didn't. We have sirens that come by Mapletown Studios <laughs> daily, uh, multiple times a day. And they try to get us to go off with them. Yeah. And draw us in. You need to listen to their sirens. Better to the uh, to the sirens out there, but you anyway. d- I don't want to listen to the sirens or they will take me captive. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this one is a, it's a unique game. So you're going to be Yeah, it definitely is. You you take on the role of a of a federal agent and you are trying to stop the criminals and and collect their contraband, right? That that's kind of the gist yeah. of it. It's this one is set collection too. I'm trying to get contraband. If I get three different kinds of those, I get points. If I get the criminals, I'm trying to get sets of different types of criminals and I'll get points for that too. And how you do that is you're going to be moving your car around. So, well, let me step back a little bit. First, you're going to be playing a card into onto one of three locations in a two-player game. There's four locations and more, but speaking about a two-player. And I'll play a card, and basically I'm trying to get an area majority in that area. So the cards have different values on them. If at the end, whenever you have a, a sting operation come up or a bust, a bust, then I'm going to count up all of my points versus all of John's and whoever has the most is going to get more stuff at that location. Okay. Yep. And if it's just that, you know, that's a pretty simple game, but, but what you're going to do also is you're going to be manipulating that constantly. So you're, you're gaining these abilities throughout the game and then you use the abilities. And, and so once you use them one time, you're going to lose them. So let me give you an example. One of the abilities might be that I can swap two cards at a locate at two different locations. So I just swap the ones that are on the far right and that might be me swapping with John so that I can gain majority in one area or, or whatever. Then you're going to be moving your police car around, and the police car is going to allow you to get contraband. It's going to allow you to uh, potentially gain the bonuses that you need for you know taking those special actions and stuff like that. But it's, it's a really quick game as well. Like in, yeah. in this game, you are just... In a two-player game, you're just trying to get three... uh, What am I trying to say? In a two-player... Well, you're going to be running out of your cards, but basically you're going to have three different busts that happen in the game. I think that's right. Three. 
and then that's going to be it. And the game can end really quickly because if I bust one location, John might then bust another location on his next turn or even two on his next turn, and the game can you know rapidly end. But at the end of the game, whoever has those different sets of things. Now, yeah. one of the big things about this one is the player interaction, high, high player interaction in moving each other's cards around. True. I might set something out there, but it's not going to stay necessarily there's you know some deduction going on because you have cards that are face down and sometimes those face down cards are going to go into the pile of face up cards so you know i have presence here but you don't know what the value of that presence is what do you think of this one john yeah i thought it was interesting like you said dean like <clears throat> it it took me a minute even though it's not a, that complicated of a game by the way this is a um this is inspired by gun runners which is a game that dr finn came out with in 2013 just wanted to make a mention of that and I looked at it. I haven't played that, but it looked had some very similar looks to it, though I don't know what he changed from it. Um, it didn't look like there was the police car rondelle that you were talking about on it. Um, even though it's pretty simple, like it was, it was taking me and you, I think, both some time to kind of wrap our minds around the tactical nature of when to do things. You mm -hmm. know, like when do I do this? When should I shift his card over here? I've got to think about the contraband that's on there. And um, it was a little thinkier than I expected it to be. Uh, yeah. But the more I played it, the more I kind of got into the flow of it. And I liked it. Like, it, it's not my style, like, personally. Um, but the interesting thing is it was so kind of, like, unique or, like, a little bit different. I've thought about that multiple times since we played it. And I actually want to play it again. Yeah. You know? So it, I think it's going to be one of those that will kind of gross on you. If you like you know, area majority and moving things around from other players and swapping them around and trying to, like, deduce what they have flipped over because you're trying to think, man, I wonder what she's played already. I know what she's played already, so it could be a four or three, you know, or whatever, and you're trying to figure that out. That that can be pretty fun in the game. Uh, the art is really good in this. I like the, the comic-style art and stuff. The art is very good on all these games, by the way. Yeah, I highly recommend, out of all four of these, especially – to watch the video on the feds because it me explaining that really does not make much sense. You really need to see You need to it, watch it, yeah. It, to kind of see how that plays out. It's it's uh it's real unique. I mean, more unique than you know, a lot of games that come out, you know, it's it's I'm going to put this in the worker placement category, I'll put this in the card drafting category. The feds it has area majority and it has set collection those type of things, but it's a it's just unique. I don't know how else to say that, don't yeah. you think? Out of, yeah. Out of all these other ones, it's the most unique. I definitely think that this would probably be the most most polarizing. You know what I mean? Like you're For either sure, gonna yeah. you're either probably gonna be drawn really to it and like it a lot, or be like, nah, that one's not really for me. Um, yeah, I could be wrong, but I would say that's going to be the case. So I would definitely go watch the video for that one. Yep. I like this one. Now, now you talk about Alpiaris and I'll talk about the other one. After okay. That. So Alpiaris was my favorite out of these four and I really like it. So this was, this feels like, you know, most of the time Steve Finn does a lot of uh, filler games at around 30 minutes or under even this one can be like 60 minutes. So this is one of his games that definitely feels more like, a traditional board game like Steve's this would be almost like a big box for Steve I feel like you know what I mean because of his games yeah. are in such you know small boxes quick and, and filler type games and I always enjoy his games this one has a giant rondelle that goes around the board which I really like and literally you're only going to go around the rondelle one time you know over the course of the game but basically what you're doing is you're you're taking your fruit farmers Dean we talked about fruit last week I think whenever you whenever you brought up Rising Sun, and I said it was a fruit game because 
all the pairing up that you do. Um, so this is actually a fruit game. And actually, if you want to hear a bunch of really bad orange, you're glad, you know, or whatever puns, you're going to, you can watch our video on this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably right. But you're fruit farmers, so you're going to be putting farmers out into different sections of the map. You're also going to be doing things like irrigating that can, um, you know, help you gain more fruit. De- Dean's been pretty irrigating to me this morning. Or you can, um, sorry, I just got way thrown off by that horrible joke. I'm, I've decided to not laugh. It was so bad. If I don't think it's funny, I'm not going to laugh. Um, but I, do, I do think that was slightly funny. Yeah, you'll be collecting the fruit <laughs> and you'll be sending them out to the market, going into the town and selling them for points, uh, basically. You also, as you're going around the rondelle, you have these spots that you have to stop at, I believe, five times over the course of the game where you're going to be able to um, sell goods, as I just mentioned, but also fulfill, I believe there are five. I know this has been like a few weeks since we played this, but I played it more than any of the other games, I think, because I really like this one. Um, there's five different like races not race to like goals that you have to fulfill and so it could be like you need to have uh, different point values or you need to have the same like so the I'm sorry I'm doing a really bad job explaining this there's tiles that when you sell your goods it could be worth two points three points four points five points whatever depending on how many you sell but it could be a goal that said you need you know three level three tiles or whatever right Dean and if you complete that you gain three points or whatever it may be um, so, yeah, this was really fun. I really love Rondells, and I like the way you were trying to complete the goals and how tight the game feels, and uh, you also kind of have an area majority thing whenever you do harvest reaping, or if you have the most in an area, then you're going to get a good and all that. So it was, uh, it was all good. Yeah, this was this is good. It, it's Glenmore-esque type game that that feels um, really interesting. You're not laying tiles, but the Rondell part. Yeah. Right, but the yeah the way that the rondelle works, it it has some similarities to that. I think that um, I I really enjoyed this one. I think I didn't love it as much at two, but I still thought it was I thought I still thought it was good. I just felt like the decisions maybe weren't as interesting at two That's as they no would pro- be. Yeah, at a I wouldn't argue count. with you. But I do think this is a really cool game, especially for like you know somebody who likes Glenmore, which we both do. Yeah, right. I mean you're getting goods and you're selling them. You know, and you're doing some area majority. There's other ways to manipulate things uh, with Noria and these different things, but uh, it was good. I mean, I would actually say this is would be uh, on my like top five Steve Finn games of all time. So okay, how about that? So I actually really do like this one quite a bit. You know, I think we just have a few. Well, I don't know how many Steve Finn games are there. There's like two thousand of them. <laughs> there are probably maybe fifty of them. <laughs> I don't know. Played. We've played a lot. We're at some point. We say this a lot, but we will do a list of these. We wanted to get through these videos first so that we can include them, but at some point, we will do our top five, ten, something like that, uh, Doctor Finn games because we we tend to enjoy all of them. Honestly, the, yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> how many we got? Which which you which you got? Some of them, I guess, we might not have to. With how many pages? Four. Uh yeah, four pages of games. now some of these are including like like promo packs and oh, different right, things yeah. like that. So that's you know. Well we will uh we'll do that at some point. But the last one we're gonna talk about is Fisheries of Gloucester. Okay. Yep. This is a two player only game, and this is a game about fishing. You are going to be taking your fleet of ships and you're gonna be sailing them out. So you'll take a few different actions. And one of them is to chart a course, and that's with polyomino pieces. You're going to place them in front of your ships, and that's going to be the course that you will then be able to 
to sail on. You can't just sail across the sea. You have to chart your course with those polyomino pieces. Okay. Then you can sail your boats and that's going to cost you time. You can catch fish. That's going to cost you time. You can trade those fish in and get bonuses. So you're getting different sets of fish. And when you get a specific set that matches up with the card that's off to the side, you'll get the bonus of that, which is points. And usually like, Hey, now you can also sail so many actions or you can do, you know, something else, gain an, uh, another polyomino piece or something like that. And again, two player only, and you're trying to get the most points at the end of six days, I think it is. And, and that's it. This is a, a pretty, I think a simple game. Maybe I, I would say the simplest to teach of these other than, than the little flower shop, maybe. Yeah, I would, yeah this is. I, I would say that's right. Because the actions you're taking are pretty simple. Mm. But what makes this game interesting is the player interaction, right? It, it's the, I, do I want to lay this polyomino piece down? Because we each have a fleet of three ships, okay? And there, we have two that are next to each other, two... Uh, you know, mine and John's are right next to each other. And then we have two more that are next to each other and two more that are next to each other. So if I place a polyomino piece, that's going to benefit me. Well, we're, o we're only each taking one action back and forth. So if my action is to place that polyomino piece down, then John might sail that piece that I laid down. And so there's that, do I want to place this tile right now? Because John can just swoop in and take stuff that I really mm -hmm. want. Or should I hold off and do something else somewhere else that might not benefit fit me as much? But at least not, it's not going to benefit John. And I really like that. I, I like this. This is, um, I think, probably my favorite of this group. Yeah, I like that one. I, I think it's our plays have been a lot of fun and, and pretty tight as well. Now, Did you mention this is only two players? I did. Okay, I thought yeah, you did. I just yeah. wanted to clarify Only that. two players. The other thing is, I, this is a really interesting piece too, but you each, I mentioned, each have three ships in your fleet. You cannot sail, like you can't just take one of those ships and go crazy and just go across the board and take yeah, all the fish. that's true. You can't move farther than three spaces above, you know, past the one in the back. So as you move all of your ships, you, you can then start moving farther and farther, but you can't just move one ship across the board. And that becomes interesting too yeah. because you have to plan that out really well. I've got a gnat like all up in my face yeah, no. right now. So Oof. anyway, that is Fisheries of, of Gloucester. Highly recommend that one if you if you really like you know two player only games. I think that's the yeah the only two yes, player the only, only two players. Yeah, it was fun. I like the way the polyominoes work and the way you can't put like you just said you can't put the ships out too far in front of the other ones and the racing to the different fish and stuff like that is it's fun. And island um, spaces, so you once you land an island space, you're stuck there, but it's going to be worth so many points at the end of the game. So you have to plan that out as well. Give your quick rank of these four. Um, I'll go. Alpuyares, uh, Fisheries, Feds, and then Little Flower Shop, the dice game. Okay. I would say, hmm, this is a tough one, I think. for The first one for me is is Fisheries. I, I like that the best. I almost want to You put, love a fishing theme, don't I, you? I, I do. I do, I too. really do. I almost want to put the Feds just slightly higher than Alpuyares. Wow. Or they're, they're really close, I would say. Just because it's very unique. And so I don't, hmm, that's a tough one. So I, I would just say maybe the Feds, then Alpiaris, which I think honestly is probably going to be people's favorite out of all of these. I, I think John's probably going to be more in line with most people out there. And then the Little Flower Shop dice game, not because it's bad, but because just out of these, it's it's probably my least favorite. But I still yeah. I still think it's fun, especially for a filler game. It's, it's really good. There you go. There you go. Ooh, was that fast? I don't know. That's probably like know. 15 minutes. So. so check it out. There's four games to choose from or buy the whole thing. Yep. And I'll tell you something. 
like these he, I don't know what the prices are yet, but they're always like I'm always like why is it so cheap? Super good deals. Is that all you, that's That's you it. That's all I wanted something? to say. Okay. I could be putting my foot in my mouth cuz it could be like $1000 for this. Ooh. So you go check it out, but I know I know that Steve has always has like wow, it's good good, good deals. Yep. And speaking of the box size, these are all small boxes. Just yep. like all of his games. But anyway, check that out. Now let's move on to our top 10 games of all time. Yes. And we are back, or here for the first time. How about it? For our top 10 games of all, all time. All time. This is it. The, the world is waiting, and like, this is huge stuff. Because if you mess this up, then people are going to start canceling their subs on the YouTubes. Why do you say and you? stop dancing? Dancing? Well, how did that word even come out of my mouth? <laughs> Downloading <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I think everyone's going to stop dancing if you don't have a good one. <laughs> what? This Why is, the- is this pointed in my direction? Why isn't it? If we don't have good list, then we will lose subs. This is the top ten dance parties what we're going to do y'all okay so this entire if you are watching right now on youtube or in uh, you're driving in your car on the podcast we would like for you to dance for the entire top 10 episode slow dance like at a middle school dance with the uh, hands the, on the shoulders mm-hmm. yep far apart not too close put a beach ball between you that sort of thing if i put my hands on your hip i dip you dip we dip would you enjoy that i you know that i wouldn't okay not even a little I think you asked me a question. I completely ignored it. Just as always. I don't know if I did. I'm going to move on, though. But just as always, and while we've been doing these lists, we have been recording just this part on YouTube, and everything else is on the podcast. So you're getting the same thing in both places. But if you would like to hear the first part of the podcast and you're watching this on YouTube, you can go to Podbean or you can go to MeepletownGames.com. Find all of our stuff the Apple on there. Podcasts, the Google Play, all that stuff. That's Stitcher, right. doesn't matter. But Spotify. We're, we're everywhere you want to be. We're on the YouTube. Hopefully. We are on the podcasts. In your face, world. Yep. You can't get rid of us. All up in your face, dipping. Right? That's... You can't see this on the podcast, but John is doing some kind of weird, creepy dance, as you might imagine. And I'm dipping because I'm because I got some tobacco in my mouth, and I'm from Tennessee. Oh, I thought you were beatboxing. No, I was like going. Can we start? I was this? spitting it out. We have a limited amount of time. What's your number ten, Dean? Let's just go. My number ten is. Oh, I didn't check with you to see if this was on your list, but I think it is. It is. Okay, th- my number ten then is Glenmore Two. I will say this about it until we wait for John to explain a little bit more about it. This has moved up into my top 10 for the first time, I think. Yeah, this I, I game think rocks. That's right. I think that's right. This this was in my hovering, hovering around top 10, but I don't think it was there in the past, if I remember right. I was I was trying to remember where it was last year or the year before. It wasn't. In, yeah, it was. 2019. I'm trying to remember. That was the first year we did this, right? So 2019, 2020. Yep. Where was it at last year? Uh, these, these aren't labeled. Let's see. Three, four, five, six, seven, oh eight, my gosh. nine. It was number 10 last year. Number 10, so, <laughs> so all that for nothing. It wasn't my, Wow, what a great that? way to start off the top 10. Oh, boy. Has it always been in my top 10? It, well, it wasn't on the list the year before. I guess we didn't have it in then. In then. Yep, okay, there we go. Never mind, it, was, it must have been 10. You're not dancing, Dean. I didn't think that was right. I thought it was like just outside. <laughs> yeah. The system is down. The system is down. What's that from? Um... 
System of a Down? No. <laughs> Homestar Runner. Do you remember that? Group? You remember Homestar Runner? I don't actually. It's the Wong Bad. <laughs> All right. My that's number ten for Dean is Glenmore Two. Excellent pick, Dean. So excellent that it will be on my list here in a minute. <laughs> uh, my number ten. Thank goodness we're not going to lose subs. Is a game that was number one three years ago for me. Uh, it fell to number four or five last year, I think, and it's at number 10 this year, though I still absolutely love this game. All the n- top 10 of all time just love these games, man, right? I mean, always willing to play it, always suggesting these games. Is that Would that be accurate for you? Sure. Okay. Concordia, that's my number 10. Uh, Concordia Venus, particularly that version, because I really like the two versus two uh, nature of that nature i don't know if that's really the right word but the two versus two variant that you can play this one's gonna slip off your list next year oh my gosh i gotta get this off of concordia okay there's some pictures it may or may not but in concordia it's really really fun because you're going to be taking your uh person or your ship and you're going all around the board and as you're going around the board you're you know putting your houses out into different cities that the cities may specialize in brick or maybe silk or whatever that is, uh, wheat or different things like that, you're going to be um, getting cards. And I think the card play is probably the most important part of the game because when you get a card, it's the way you do your actions is by playing a card. Um, But when you get a card, you put it into your deck. So you're building a little bit of a deck. But not only are you getting an action based on what cards you play, there's in-game scoring. So there's where all the grueling decisions, you know, come into play is – oh man, I want that card for that action, but I don't care so much about the in-game scoring because you're going to get in-game scoring that's going to say things like you score X amount of points for however many colonists you have out on the map or X amount of points for however many um, buildings that you have that are different, that provide different goods and different things like that. So just such a brilliant game. This was on your list earlier, Dean. It was. Uh, you don't remember where it is right now, but yep, that's. That I feel like was, it was like forty or something like that. Yeah, 40 I think something? it was. A, I think that may have been a first day game. But I, I, you know, I mentioned this then. I think that I have not played Venus, and that actually could make it rise for me, potentially. Yeah, th- I'm not sure. It's really good, and then the salsa expansion is quite nice as well. You've not played with that, or yes? Uh, you add salt, and then you also have some more yes, engine building. Yes, tiles. I have. I have played with. Did that you one. like that or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, this is just uh, not terribly difficult um, to play, and I think that that's quite nice. Let me see what it's rated, ranked overall. I didn't do Glenmore yet. Like we always, we've been going back, if you're new to this, um, to this list that we've been doing, we've been going back to BGG and looking at where it's ranked overall. We'll talk about Glenmore when we get there. 191 for Concordia Venus, but I'm going 18. back to actual Concordia, yeah. yeah, is 18 overall, so... Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yep. My number 10, Concordia. Or either one doesn't matter. Okay. But I like the other one with that other thing better. My number nine has been on my top 10 list since we've started doing this, I think. And that is Absolutely. Everdell. Everdell is a... This you is not it. on your list. I'm, I'm sure of this, right? It's that's not right. even in your top 50, right? That's that's right. But it's, it's, it's kind of borderline. So it's not... I still really like Everdell. Yeah. I mentioned this last week when we talked about Lost Ruins of Arnak, but... The card play and worker placement is something that I'm finding very intriguing. Now, this is not a deck builder, but it is have it does. You have love these types of games. That tableau Imper- building, imperial that, settlers, all that. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, imperial settlers was from from last week as well. In Everdell, you are building up. You're putting out woodland creatures. You're building out these locations to try to build up your little village in the woods, right? Yeah. And and that's it. But the the cool thing is, is like you're placing. You're either going to be you know building out cards or you're going to be 
you're going to be placing your workers uh, to, you know, to gain resources and to get lots of different mm -hmm. things. I just really love that I take an action, you take an action with those different mechanics mixed in there. You know what I mean? Like it's, I do too. it's not just doing the same thing. You can either do one of those and that makes the decisions quite a bit more difficult. Everdell right now, I guess, is higher than those other ones. I do think that Lost Runes of Arnak probably will surpass this at some point wow. as I play it more and more. That's a mistake. And then this next year, there will be one that will top all of them when it comes to those games. It's just not out yet. Bum, bum, probably. Bum. I, I, I actually would agree with that statement. It will for me. I'm almost positive. I think it probably will for me, but I have to obviously get more plays what i think about that's interesting in everdale also dean is why you're making the decisions of whether to you know play the card go get do the worker placement or whatever but how like the spring the fall winter whatever it starts in spring right spring summer fall how you go through the seasons and it's not like everyone has to wait you know to move on to the next season you just move along to your next season yeah and the negative to it is you could end the game and some people could have people people could have quite a bit more of the game left have you ever had that happen where like someone had like played for another five to ten minutes yes and and that is you know i definitely know that that's an issue that some people have i, I didn't it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me either i think it's i think it's fine because typically like at that point you're kind of you're moving pretty quickly yeah. five or ten minutes mm, probably i i guess you know it could go longer and i've got another game like that on my top ten that that is the same style of that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So. Last question, and then we'll move on. Do you think this game would be as popular without the tree? Hmm. I thought, like, I know people complain about it, but I actually think the tree and the presence, the table presence of the game, probably makes it a little more popular. Like, I'm looking at that versus like Imperial Settlers, where it's just flat. I think so. I think it does. And, and, and I'm not art. a component guy, but I think the art and components actually would make this rise a little bit. Andrew Bosley, and then you've got the yeah, all those different resource components that are really, really well done. Yeah. Yeah, I think for sure it it brings a, more attention to it. I think so. And now it doesn't make it a better game, no, but it but it draws more people to the it game. It almost makes you want to play it more, yeah, don't you? Absolutely. Like wow, that's a pretty game. Yeah, and that's important. You know, table presence yep. in board games is has value, I think. That is ranked 28 overall, and that is Dean's number nine overall. My number nine... Pandering to the people. Yeah, I know. My number nine overall is a absolute classic. That is 17 overall. Wow, we've been going and calling like some really high number games out here. That is Terra Mystica. Uh, Terra Mystica is so much fun. You sit down, Dean, at the table, and you are looking at... <laughs> Like you what? do most games. Yeah, but you when you sit down, you're like, what faction do I get this time? Yeah. You know, and that's, I love that. And then, because they, they play wildly different. And like, you know, what extra action or bonus action am I going to get whenever I lay the sanctuary, I think that's what it's called, on the, on the table? And what's my, you know, normal extra bonus that I have? Do I have giants and I don't even have the shovel thing that you go around? But you're going around and you're transforming uh, territories. And as you're doing that, you're putting your, you know, uh, trading houses and dwellings and different things out on the board. When you build next to other players, they can actually get power for the power bowls and stuff. So there's a ton of player interaction here um, with where you're building and different things like that. And if you, you know, transform one of the territories and you don't put something on it, Dean can just change it. And you're like, That's are you right. kidding me, Dean? And then he's like, well, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah. And I have done that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and made some people, people very like, are you mad. Kidding me? Like, I just spent all this time, especially because you can sneak up on the river. Like, My wife would be so mad if I did that to her. I did it to Jonathan one time, and he was he was not pleased. But this is a really good game. Not in my top 50. And part of that, you know, we've, we've talked about 
what games kind of slip because you they're just, just not really on your recently. radar. Yeah. I haven't played this one. I played the digital version a decent amount lately. You and you I know, played. Did we play year. the digital version together or no? Mm, maybe. maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we did during last year's quarantine or something like that. But but I really like this game. I just need to get the physical game. I don't have... You have the physical? Yeah, let's uh, play yeah. it. Okay. All right, let's do that. I also have not played Gaia Project, and I do have that. But The cult track is great with interaction. And, yeah. and the last thing I'll say is the power bowls are so smart, where you, the way you're moving these bowls around, your power around in the bowls, and it can give you extra actions and different things like that, and trying to figure out how to get the most power, to get the most extra actions, and all that. It feels clever. As yeah. you're, as you, oh yeah, I can do that, and that gives me that, and then I could do that, and just really cool way the area, um, the way that you're out on the map and stuff. I just love this game. I like it better than Gaia Project. I the player powers are way more interesting in my opinion, and I like the cult track, the simplicity of it. So in your face if you like Gaia Project more. Mm, I got to get this one on the table again. I, like I actually, I'm probably in the minority. I don't know, maybe not. A lot of my friends like Gaia Project more, so just kidding about the in-your-face. Check out Gaia Project if you like this. <laughs> All right, my number... That's number nine for me. My number eight is going to be higher on John's list as well. It's Ginkopolis, but I'm going to say this. This one's ranked 367 overall, which is a That's a mistake, tragedy. people. That's it's, a mistake. Yeah. This is... That's not right. People are wrong on this one. I'll say it. All right. That's Dean's number eight. 367 is not low. But considering how excellent this game is, it really should be like a top 20 game, I think, wow. or top 50 game or something for everybody. Everybody must like this because John and I do. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> we'll talk All about right. that in a minute. My number eight. Your number eight. My number eight is an Alexander Fister game, the last Alexander Fister game on my list. He had two previous ones, I believe, on this list. Yeah, Mombasa and Maracaibo. This is the Great Western Trail. I can't believe this Great didn't make Trail. my list. How dare I? I? Dude, I'm telling you. Look at that. Oh, someone has a 3D board of Great Western Trail. That's pretty cool. I forgot to talk about on the podcast the 3D version of Catan and how much that cost. I meant to bring that up. Ooh. Have you seen it? I've seen it, and I kind of... It's ridiculous. I want to play on it. Yeah, it's so expensive. But I have a 3D copy of it. All right, go ahead. Okay, so in Great Western Trail, you are going to be deck building cattle. Who knew that deck building cattle would be so much fun? But it is. You want some Jersey cows? Get you some Jersey cows. I'm telling you, boy. Bro. <laughs> that was like my country and my uh, skateboarder coming out at the same time. It was like, I was going to say boy and bro, and it was like, bro. You used to say like, Great Western Trail. Great Western Trail. <laughs> but what's so intriguing about this game is, number one, the card play is incredibly intriguing. You Look at those, those buildings. You're like, is, man, I want to play this even more now. <laughs> oh, man. Number one on my list now after watching Jeez, that. Jeez, all Dean had to see was the way those <laughs> uh, 3D printed pieces are. Um, but what's also cool is not only you're building your deck, and that's obviously going to score you points as you get up to the top. You're starting here at the, at the bottom of the board, and you're going through all these buildings. And as the game progresses, you're putting new buildings on the map, which are going to give you more actions. Your other opponents are doing the same thing. They can even have buildings that stop. Yeah, and you have to, and you have to, that's right, and you've got to pay him something, you know, or, or whatever. And so when you finally get to the top, then you, you know, deal your, you let your cattle out, and you score points for that, and then you come back to the bottom, and you start all over again. And I'm telling you, you just keep doing that, and it's a dead gum blast. So there you go. You add the rails to the north, I think, is what it's called, expansion, yeah. uh -huh. and it makes it even better. This game is, every time I play this, it's one of those that go, why don't I play this more? So good. My number eight, Great Western Trail. 
I did not say what it was ranked overall. I know it's really high. Like four? Ten. <laughs> ten, okay. Yeah. We're basically doing the BGG top ten right now, or 20. My number seven, is that yep, right? That's is right. Is the number 35 overall, so that's not too high on there, right? Yeah. Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. This is absolutely nothing like any <laughs> game that's going to make anything on John's list. This is straight up, you're just going around exploring a... There's cats playing that game. There is a an incredible picture of cats playing Ma- Mansions of Madness. Oh my gosh. Gonna get that dest- had to be photoshopped. They're going to get destroyed. Right? Oh my gosh. Okay, so... It- in this game, you're going around and exploring a mansion and figuring out what it is your what your task is. And the game feels very creepy. Like I'm exploring, John's exploring these different areas. And you get scared a little. Yeah, like we set the mood. This is a hey, you know what? We're coming up on Halloween and my birthday time. Ooh. This is when I start getting like this game to the table, and I love it. I I just love. I love the immersion in this game. Now, one big thing that people might not like is it can take a long time. It says two to three hours on BGG. I have for sure played games that are longer than three hours of this. Wow. But I just, I really love the immersion. I think it's a lot of fun and it feels, it feels scary. Like if there's a game that feels scary to me, this is it. It just feels like you're actually doing these things in the game. Yeah. The only thing that's madness is how high this is on your list. You think it should be higher? No, it should not be this high. I'm just kidding. I've never played it, but people love this game. Yep. It just isn't in what I think I'm going to like, so I haven't played it. But I totally would because it's being ranked 35 overall and being number seven for you does intrigue me. You might like this because, you know, if you know what you're getting into, you're not looking at mechanics in this yeah. game. You're looking at the experience and, you know, you're rolling dice for... Uh, for you know completing these objectives or whatever there are some other expansions that uh, you know actually in the base game too you have puzzles instead of just doing that so like there's more to it than just rolling dice yeah but i think if you go into it with that mindset i'm just going to go experience this this horror film lovecraftian environment then then you might like it john boom yeah that's your number seven mansions of madness my number seven is my last stefan feld game on the list and that is trajan which is my favorite Feld game of all time, apparently, if it's highest on my list, right? What do you think, Dean? What do you think about this game? I think I have coffee in my mouth right now. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a bad time. I think time. Trajan is really good, but it is not his best work. You'll hear about his best work on my next It's his pick. magnum opus. It is. So in Trajan, there's all kinds of spots to go to the board. You can go out and send your legionnaires out to do a military conquest. You can go and... Um, I'm trying to pull up a picture of the board here. I apologize for a second there. There we go. You can go to the Senate and do different things, but basically you're in ship goods. You're going to be getting goods, but you have all these different things that are going on and you have this really cool Mancala um, board, player board to get your actions and you're moving your pieces around and you can make your Mancala have these powerful actions by the Trajan tiles. They're called Trajan tiles, right, Dean? I th- I, yeah, I think so. Yes, okay. they are. It took and me so, a, so, so, so if you end your bowl and it has like two different colors in there or whatever, then you're going to get that bonus as well. So it's a lot of like, I feel like this game's a lot of, um, you, you have a lot of plates that are kind of spinning and you're trying to get them all to like align together. And as you get them to align together, it feels so satisfying and you score hopefully a ton of points. Again, I love the way the Mancala works, and I love how you're just looking out on so many options and going, how can I score? You're going to score points in this game. It's point salad. Mm -hmm. But how can I score more than my opponents? This game is brilliant, and I love it. Yep. 
Yep, this is a this is a I will say a great game. I I totally agree with that. Not in my top fifty. I don't remember where I had this in my top ten games, but it was on there because it's a really it's a really good one. It is ranked ninety nine overall, so this would be my lowest one, the one that's the lowest on BGG for me so far. I'm wanting to say that may have just bumped up because I thought when I looked at that yesterday, it was ranked a hundred. Oh, there you go. I could be wrong, but what is Stefan Feld's highest ranked game? Is your number six. My number six is the Castles of Burgundy. And in this game, you are rolling dice, and you are placing those dice. And Ron, Ron Burgundy is on the cover. Ron that was Burgundy. smart. <laughs> so you're rolling on, dice. On BGG, someone has a box cover of Castles of Burgundy, and it has Ron Burgundy on there. And you are placing those dice and taking the different actions. So you might be getting tiles from the board. You might be placing tiles into your kingdom. You might be... Uh, selling goods there's lots of different things you can do with those dice but every round it's just two dice rounds go by really quick the game itself is actually pretty quick 30 to 9 30 to 90 minutes play time and that is i think right i think you can play a 30 to 40 minute game if you know the game really well with it to, with two players i just really love this game and i've played it a ton and it's never gotten stale for me i've, I've played it mostly two player this is one I do recommend playing at a like two, three players. Four, if you're playing with people who don't know what they're doing, can be it can be too long. But yeah. but I still mm, love this game. So good. It's a good game. It's kind of weird how it's so high and it didn't even make my top ten of Stefan Feld games. I need to play it again. Maybe I, I just understand. haven't played it in a while. I don't understand how that couldn't make your top ten. Although actually I can. I can understand because his games are amazing. That's why. It's that's why. That, that, that is absolutely the truth. It's not, I like Castles of Burgundy. I still own the game. I, I'm not going to get rid of it. It's just I really love his games, and there's yeah. so many good ones out there of his. So, You're right. That is your number six, Castles of Burgundy. Again, ranked 15 overall. Yep. Pretty and awesome. I, I really like also the new version of this. I know it's it's hit or miss for some people with the board. They think it might be too busy, but I actually like, like it. it with all the, you know, because it comes with lots of goodie, goodies inside the box. Speaking of goodies inside the box, my number six is Teotihuacan, City of Gods. How about that? <clears throat> Sorry. This game was I a... Just, I say this every year. Threw up in my mouth a little bit. I don't know why you don't like this. Just kidding. I do like it. It's fine. Go ahead. This is a game that I didn't love the first time I played, though I enjoyed it. But it has constantly gone... Every year, it just continues to go up my list. They continue to come up with more expansions, which makes the game... Um, it mixes it up. Let me say that. I, I like a lot Does of the expansions. Does it make it better? Uh, yes, sometimes. You know, I don't know. Okay. You know, it's it's definitely not... I can play the base game and it would be a top 10 game for me. So it's not like I have to have that or anything. But in this game, it's really... I just love the way that the dice work in this game. You're going to be moving around a giant rondelle. So there's a lot of rondelles in my top 10, apparently. Or at least there's a few. Um, but whenever you go there... Um, you're going. The value of the dice matters, and also whether there are other dice there matters. And you're going to have to even pay cocoa or whatever it is, um, depending on you know the dice that are there. But you're gaining resources, and you're building in the temple, and you're going up different tracks. I mean, Dean, it seems like this would be a game you would like. You like rondelles. You like using dice. You like going up tracks. You like really great components, and yet you still say it's okay. No, it's it's more than okay, but it's. Yep, for most people, the thing that the big thing engine building in here with is the and I like this in games. And in fact, I'm going to talk about this in a game about things triggering things that trigger things that trigger things. For some reason, oh yeah, you didn't like. Some I of just that. kept missing things in this game, and it, may, and it it could be that all the plays we played this multiple times, but they were all at 
like large groups. There's a know? lot. There like, was a lot. Go, that was before COVID. Yeah. At convention, there's tons of things going on. You're probably getting distracted a lot. Yeah, and that's probably it. I need. I probably should go back and play this. In fact, it's on Board Game Arena too. And dude, why are we not playing it right now? Right now? Well, because we're doing a podcast right now. Yeah. That's why. We got to play this again. Yep. You've got to play this. I'll, again. I will do it. I will play this one again. I'm, it might even rise up there like Twanton Suyu, you know, because that's yeah. one that I didn't think I would love, and I had ended up really loving. I, it. Man, I think you're really gonna like this. This is Daniele Tassini. It's ranked uh, 71 overall, really high. That's my number six, Teotihuacan, City of Gods. All right, my number five, five. is a game that's ranked 238 overall. This is Jamie Stegmeier, Tapestry. Boom, dude. Speaking of games, you love that, this game that triggers this thing that triggers this thing. This this game does that as well. Uh, in this game, you're essentially just moving up on tracks. There's four different tracks that you can move up on. And as you move up on those, it's going to do different things. So if you're moving up on military track, oftentimes you're going to be conquering on the map. If you are moving up on the science track, it's often going to be benefiting you in other areas. The exploration is going to allow you to put tiles out. And then the technology track is going to allow you to build technologies. Now, this is a civilization game. Mm-hmm. But it it doesn't feel like super thematic to me, but it, it doesn't matter. I don't I don't care because it I feels just a love little thematic to me. A little bit, but not like you know, when you think civilization game, you want it to be uber thematic, and this is not it at all. But the gameplay is so good to me that I just I don't care. And the, and the, <laughs> a big thing that I really enjoy about this is the fact that you all get different factions and they all play out so very differently. Yeah, I enjoy that about it a lot too. Yeah. This is just an excellent game. There's player interaction in this game. There's there is that piece that John was talking about with Everdale where I'm going to move into the next phase, even if you're still back in yeah. this phase. And so this one, I think even more than Everdale probably is I can play for a good 20 minutes or 30 minutes even beyond you. Now I've not experienced the 30 minutes, but I've heard that Some that does happen. That. Yeah. That could be frustrating, but for me, I still really just love the gameplay of it. I do too. I do like along those lines. Um, if you, end the round first you're going to get like resources to go so like there's a bonus to actually ending it first as well um but i didn't i the only thing this could this was close to my top 50 i do really like this game but the way the tapestry cards work is not my favorite um i think it can be a little bit too lucky mm-hmm. but besides that i really do enjoy this game the components are, sub, it can be. are I, subpar but the tapestry card towards the beginning of the game will be luckier than it will later on correct yeah but but I, it, it doesn't bother me enough. This is a great game. That was a joke about the components, by the way. Yeah, 238. Yep. Overall, that's your number five. My number five, I'm sweating right now because my top five could almost just change at any given point in time. And I'm asking myself, even right now, should I shift a few things around? Oh, my goodness. Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stick with what I had originally here, and I'm going to go with Anachrony. Oh, that should five. have been your number one. Number, It might be one. Like I don't have all the expansions and stuff of this game, and I don't have the miniatures like you know Dean would love to have. I am just might as well pull up. Look at that, Dean. A so the base game doesn't have miniatures game. in it? No, you can buy a miniature pack for mm, 40 bucks oh. or something like that. Mm-mm. You wouldn't, you couldn't own it without having that, could you? It has to have miniatures if it's going to be in my top anything. That's true, except for Castles of Burgundy, which the components are at hot, steamy pile of garbage, but for some reason it's still high for you. <laughs> Look at that board. So in Anachrony, first of all, I'm not a guy where theme super matters, but theme can bump things up. This dystopian theme is brilliant. This is a David Turtsey game. And in this game, let me see if I can find 
uh, a picture of uh, zoomed out. There we go. There is an asteroid or a meteor 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 that is going to hit the planet, and you know it's going to because guess what? There's time travel in this game, and so people are going back and telling you be prepared. It's going to hit the capital, and you're going to flee the capital. And as you flee the capital, depending on what faction you have, you're going to score points based on having certain things and certain people that you're fleeing and how many you have can score you a bunch of points. That's a big way you score points in the game, though there are other ways. But it's worker placement. But except except for you have your own buildings that you're, that you're going to place on, Dean, but you also are going to put your people in these exosuits, just like this glorious picture, and send them over, Dean, send them over to the capital, and you can't do it unless you have the exosuits powered up. You can send resources and people back in time, but you have to pay them back to close the time loop, or you're going to lose points at the end of the game. There are paradoxes that can happen. This I should have put this higher. Oh, are you serious? But I'm going to talk yourself up on. I'm going to keep it number five. But this game is so fun. Anachrony. We should. I think we're gonna have to just say we're gonna forty-seven re- overall. We're gonna review Anachrony. That's we're just yes. gonna have to do it because I. That's the only way that I'm gonna get it. You're Why do I have it? Play start at it's ten stars. I refuse. Ten out of ten. I refuse to play this game without the miniatures though. So you're gonna have to pick that. Oh up. Oh my gosh. Before. Okay. <laughs> it's weighted at four, so it's it's heavier, but it didn't. My wife, who generally likes to play three or a little higher than three, really likes this game. So I, the weight comes in like the decision space, not like. It's so complicated to figure out how to play. Is this like the Tomorrow War, the Chris Pratt time travel movie? Does it feel like that? Uh, it feels way better. How than many that. aliens? Are that in movie, this movie is a six out of ten. <laughs> not bad, but not great. <laughs> oh man, you disagree with me on that? I do. Number five or number one? I mean, I don't care. You can give it whatever you want. <laughs> My number four is a game that does not have miniatures. How about that? You knocked it out of the park on this one. Baseball highlights twenty forty five. Excellent game. This is a deck builder. Look at those miniatures. Where you are. There we go. It does have miniatures. It, you can get. Oh, man. You would. Dude, you would love that. Uh, no. You're I a little don't. jelly right now. No, I'm not. I actually picked up. The game comes with pawns, but I do have the the wooden meeples, like the baseball meeple players. And in this game, you're playing baseball. I mean, that's it. You're going head to head with somebody else. This is a two player only game, kind of. Okay. So it's two players. I'm playing head to head with John. The reason why it says one to four players or even more is because you can play tournament style and like John and I would play each other and then two other people are playing and then the winner plays and you know, you can do it like that. There's lots of different ways you can play out a season. The game is just fun and the deck building comes in. You're going to be playing cards that also they're going to be moving you around the base. They're going to be playing defense and all that, but also they're going to be giving you buy value and use those values to pay for new cards. And so you got to get think, new player acquisitions. That's right. Do I want to really try to win this game and and not have as or many get a buy bunch of money. points or get a bunch of money and so early on you might even throw some games just so you can get some better players down the road throw some games yeah great pun I and mean, that was literally what i was going for it was great thanks all right i love this game i i as a two-player only game it, it would not make it this high on my list for sure but i i just love the fact that you play that tournament and it really is just so fun everybody's having a great time i really enjoy this game i end up selling my copy because nobody wanted to play it with me except for dean and he has a copy yep so like i did really like this i need to play it again this was on my top 50 i think last year i just haven't played it in like a year i think i played it on the phone like maybe the app version a time or two but 
Yeah, I was sad when I sold this one, but I was like, I'm never playing this without Dean, so it's whatever. Excellent. You need to play in a tournament sometime. I actually, I would love to. I wish you would have kept your copies so that when we try to you have, have a tournament, then we could have extra copies of this game because we're oh, going to well. need them. Anyway, that's your number what? Four? Four. Mm, good game. All right, baseball highlights, Dean's number four. That is ranked number 484 overall, so the lowest one so far. That's a Mike Fitzgerald game as well. Yep. My number four is Dean's number 10. That is Glenmore 2 Chronicles. Dean, this is a game that... Was this our first Kickstarter game we did as Meepletown? If it wasn't, it was really close. I think that's right. It was for sure. We didn't, and we didn't even like, we did a playthrough online of this one. It was before we had like a physical copy of it. Ooh, could you drink some whiskey while you play? Maybe so. How about that? It, it feels very thematic. I know. So in, in this game, and Dean and I will both uh, chat about this, but you have a rondelle that you're going to be going around, and it's a simple rondelle that you're just going to pick up tiles. I'm trying to find a picture here for the YouTube folks, but it, it's really grueling decisions because you're like, I see that tile that's five tiles ahead, but do I really want to jump that far ahead? But at the end of the game, whoever has the most tiles, that's negative for them. So then on the flip side, you could be like, well, if Dean's going to go ahead and pick up these three tiles, that's not good for him because he's going to keep building up a city. I think that that's a brilliant piece to it as well. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to set that up for you to, because this is both ours, so I don't want to steal all the thunder. Yeah, well, the big thing I was going to say, because you've heard us talk about this a lot in the past, unless you're new and then you've not heard us talk about it at all. But the the one thing I was going to say is I actually just got the expansion for the, what is it? Highland, Highland Games. Yeah, the Highland Games expansion. And I've not had a chance to explore the Chronicles. However, I have played the the solo version of this game with that. You know how I like games that have solo versions that are pretty easy to grasp? This is. It is a little more complicated than than some, but I still really enjoyed it. Like you you really, especially for your first game, the whole game I had the rule book out because you have to know like, all these they're not really f super fiddly rules but like basically you're flipping a card over and you need to know what that means every yeah. time like whether they're going to take this action or this action or whatever and then what happens on that action because you might forget some of those things but i still really enjoy the autumn of this and i think if you're into solo games i think this one is it's really well done and worth checking out for sure I'm just looking forward to trying the other Chronicles. Absolutely. The things I like about this very quickly is when you set a tile, because you may be like a tile laying game with a rondelle. What else, What is so great about it? When you set a tile in, it sets off every other tile that's surrounding it. So strategically where you want to place them, not only for setting off other tiles, but for how many times the tile you just placed could get set off later, right? Because yeah. you may be like, well, it won't set off many, but I, I'll have more opportunities to fill it out and set it off later. Plus, there's overbuild tiles that you can get. There aren't a ton of them. So strategically, when to take those, you can actually overbuild on one of yours and set everything off again, which is cool. But lastly, uh, or two last things, I love the way the scoring works. It's yes. relative to the other players. Uh -huh. So you know, I score points on whiskey based on how much Dean has. So heavy player interaction with that. And then finally, how many Chronicles there are. Like, man, you can play for days, and it just feels different because you're doing the dragon boat race or the uh, penny mobs or whatever. My phone just went off. Uh, there's a little little birdie in the house. <laughs> and so it just, it's just so fun. Every time I play it, I love this game, number four overall. Yep, totally agree. With those Glenn Chronicles, it really just adds to that replayability of the game. Love it. It's 203 overall, so it's climbing slowly. But, man, I think that should be a top 100 game, obviously. It's so good. Yep. One more two Chronicles, four for me, ten for Dean. I think more people are getting it now that the, the Kickstarter is being fulfilled. I think there's more and more people getting the base game. So, 
My number three is a game that is another uber popular game, and that is Scythe. You heard of Ooh. this one before? Uh, what? what this game one. This one has miniatures, John. This is another a, Jer- Jamie Stegmeier game. Another Jamie game. Stegmeier, two in my top five. Wow. Yep. You love him. I love his games. I don't really know him on a personal level, but in this game, you are... Th- Maybe you should get to know him on a personal <laughs> level. It's a pretty simple game. It's it's kind of a war game in a sense, and I'll explain that in just a second. But basically, I have my own player board, and I'm going to move my pawn over and take action or actions on that one spot, and that's it. And there's only four different spots on your board, unless you add another from the factory, and then that changes things a little bit. But the turns are really quick. And what you're trying to do is move around the board. You're going to gather resources. You're going to be building up mechs. That's right. It's got mechs. You're going to be traveling around exploring. This is a, a considered a 4X game. Uh, it doesn't feel you know like some other 4X games, but it but it is. And I just, I love it. It feels thematic and it feels uh, Euro-y at the same time, which is you know something that I tend to yeah. enjoy. But the other thing that I like is that I said it's a war game, but you're not actually like always going to battle. In fact, if you just go out and, and try to take somebody out, you leave yourself vulnerable for somebody to attack you. So yeah. there's a lot of this Cold War stuff going on where you are threatening but might not necessarily attack somebody. Although you get points, uh, you get a star for being able to win a battle, and you that's how you're going to win the game. That's how yeah. you're going to end the game. So. I was going to say the threat of war in my plays almost is bigger than the actual wars that mm-hmm. take place but when they do it's really exciting because there's not just happening over at one after the other yeah and if you're playing with more than two players you know when john and i are battling this other person over here is like oh yeah because they know it's going to weaken us and then yeah. they might be able to come in and steal our stuff so and i like how you're just trying to race to get those stars you know like i gotta get this to fulfill that you know i've got to yep. get that and that, that's really fun as well this was close to my top 50 i still really enjoy it I'm um, just not quite there. It's excellent. I need to play it again. It's been a while since I played it at more than two players, which I don't really like it at two oh, players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely need more, I think. Yep. But that's Scythe. That's Dean's number three of all time. Dean, yep. I think a lot of people would agree with you, especially since it's ranked 14 overall. That's a lot of people's favorite game, for sure. That's it. My number three of all time I played last night, and that is uh, Uva Rosenberg game, and that is Lahav, which is ranked 52 overall. Um I adore this game. I just love... So in this game, you're going to be getting... There's going to be different offers that are going to have. I've got it here on YouTube where you're going to have the fish offer and the wood offer and the clay offer. And as you move your ship every single turn, you're going to add to you know something. It may say you add a fish and you add a wood. And then you're going to have the decision, Dean, do you want to go to a building and do an action on a building? But guess what? You can not only do buildings that you own, you can do buildings that other players have or in like the town area. But guess what? If I want to use your building, Dean, I owe you something probably. Not on all the cards, but on a lot of them. I might yeah. have to give you food or something like that. So that's really, really interesting. Um, or I can take one of the offers. Man, there's like five wood there. Oh, but I I really want this uh, this spot to go to this building because Larissa, my, my wife, just took her disc off of it because you can only go there if there's no disc. But oh, if I and if I don't take this offer, then... If I take the offer, then I know someone's going to take the wharf, and I need to build a ship right now. And those are really fun. But this game is like really, I like games, I've said this over and over, that are really tight, and the feed the worker aspect is is challenging. It's not like you can just sort of ignore it, and it's, you know, whatever. 
This game, you have to pay attention to this because every single end of the round, you're going to keep having to pay more and more food. So much so to more, my wife is like, I don't like this. Like, if you don't like that about it, you're not going to like this. But if you like games where you're doing that, it's so brilliant and so fun. And you do feel so satisfied when you're like, man, I've, 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 I've kind of figured this part out. I've... I've gotten my workers, they're, they're getting fed or whatever, and I'm now I'm really scoring points. And it's always that tension between, should I worry about feeding my people or go ahead and buy that building because it's going to be worth 14 coins at the end of the game, which is a lot, you know, or whatever. Yeah, this one, the, the tension of feeding your workers doesn't feel as punishing as Agricola, I would say. Wow. Is that right? Am I wrong about that? I've only played this in the app version, and I've never felt that same tension, but maybe I just don't have enough Here's the thing. You can really hyper-focus on it and be fine, you know? And maybe that's why I'm... Most of the time. Like, there's an interesting dynamic where there's cards, and you'll see them here if you're on YouTubes, where, like, you can build or purchase these buildings that are part of three rows. Sometimes the wharf, which is what allows you to build ships, you can always buy ships, but they're kind of expensive it can get buried. And if it's buried down deep and you have to go through a lot of things, you could get really far behind. And I've had games like that because you're not putting out ships because ships give you a perpetual thing. Like depending on the player count, you build a wood ship. I was playing last night for two players. You get four food for the rest of the game, right? As long as you have that ship and it helps every single round. It's probably that when I play this game, I I tend to focus on those things that give me a ton of food, but Yep, I I need to. I'd like to play the physical copy. It's of this. so I say this good, a lot, but I I don't imagine it would be like super high on my list, just because I've enjoyed the digital copy. But I love the art on this too. Anyway, I thought that was your was that your number one last year? My number two last year. Two. Okay. I, I almost put it number two this year. It's whatever. Yep. The, I'm, I'm I'm being honest. Like this top five, I could any of them could be my number one. So just you're just listening to five of my favorite games. Okay, that's my number three. Right, and that is Lahav, 52 overall in BGG. My number two is another game about woodland creatures. That is Root, the game of woodland might and right or something like that. I think that's that's what it says on the How do you of, not know? The game of woodland. I knew that. Well, because it's just called Root. Well, I did know. I got it right, didn't I? Well, yeah, but you second-guessed yourself. I did. And in this game, you are it, it's asymmetric. So you're going to take on the role of one of the different factions, and you are going to try to get 30 points faster than other people. And you're going to do that by battling it out in these different clearings, prototypes clearings in the woods. So the the base game, you've got the Marquis no. de Cat, you've got the uh, the Irie, you've got the um, Alliance, and then you have the Vagabond, and all of them play so differently, which is why I love yeah, this cool. game so much. And then you add in the expansion stuff. And there's even more goodness there with the with those whatever those lizard people go. are, those otters. There's lots of good stuff in there. I just I really love how different these play out. I will say the one negative about it is that to teach this game can be a bear. If if, if no one's ever if no one's ever before. played it, because you really do need to know what the other factions do besides just your own. I mentioned this when we talked about merchant's cove the reason why i like merchant's cove is because i can just teach my faction and learn my faction i don't have to know everybody everybody else's stuff but i could but i still need to pay attention to what they're doing root you really do you, yeah you need to know what's going on especially with the vagabond and stuff going on yeah they could yeah yeah like, wait what are they doing and why is the alliance like put placing all these tokens out on the board like you don't want to get hosed by any of that so if I play with people that know the game, I'm not great at this game, but if they know it very, or, or if, you know, we can grasp it pretty quickly, this is an excellent game. I just love it so yeah. much. I think it was my number 17. I really, really enjoy this. I actually got the app 
uh, within the last month, and it's really brilliant. It's not a cheap app, but they did it. They done it real well. Yeah, this is also one you. I don't think you have to have the expansion, but I think if you play it and love it, you're probably going to want to just try out more factions. Yeah. So there you go. Root. Great game. My number two. Root. Um. Are you okay? <laughs> A game of woodland might interact. I am broken. Foot in mouth. Because I made fun of him for not knowing what it was, and then I blanked (laughs) on it for a second. It's a really good game. Number 27 overall on BGG. My number two is Dean's number eight overall, if I've got that right. Ginkopolis. Dean was getting on his soapbox earlier and was just complaining that this is only 367 overall. Dean, would you like to go ahead and take it from there? (laughs) <laughs> like explain it so no would you like to complain a little more no no no. i don't need to complain i more. like i love the drama i know you do you do love the drama I, 367 out of that many games is not awful it's just it's surprising because maybe this is a game that can be divisive i don't think so though i, I this is a lot of people's like really favorite game this is you know yours or one of them yeah it's one of mine too it's it's just so much fun because there's a lot going on. There's there's this deck building that's going on, this card draft or not deck building, sorry, tableau building. There's mm-hmm. card drafting. There is it's engine building because every time you do an action after you get it in your tableau, wow, I get all these things for yep. placing a tile. Area majority. There's yeah. What else? Lots. Yep. Lots lots of stuff going on. There's uh, point gathering from those tableau besides just the engine building as well. It's just a really well done game with all these mechanisms coming together. Such good mechanisms. So beautifully. And you have the, it's the card play so interesting, you know, like you're drafting cards and you're like, man, I can use this card for so many different things. I can expand the city. I can build up on, on the city. I can use it for, to get some resources or whatever. And so like, you have like these several three decisions, I think of what am I going to do with this card? While there's all this area majority and stuff going along out there, but also if I you know build up, then I'm going to be able to keep this card and keep it for engine building. So maybe I just want it for the engine building, though I'm not super excited about how I'm, the one I'm building up over there. And you have to manage your resources really well. Yeah. And you have to get the resources because you can't just build willy nilly if you don't have the resources to be able to do it. So it's what I the reason I went ahead and put it number two is how fast it can play, even at two. And I like this game better at three. Um, but at two, it's still really fun. And I just, I just love how I can like lickety split, like an hour long game, you know, maybe 45 minutes Yep. and it feels so satisfying. And you're just like, yes, it really does. And that's Xavier Horhees, which he did twa. So if you like twa and you've never tried, um, Carson city, too, is that right? I think yeah, I'm about to pull it up here. Yep. Um, if you like twa, uh, turn a Carson city, uh, Carnegie, which I super want to play black angel. He's done some really, really good games. Um, Interesting that Twa's ranked so high. I like Gingopolis better, but I do love Twa. It was on my list. If you haven't watched it, it was on my top ten. So that is your number. My number two. It was not, not on shaking your top, at me. It was not on your top ten. We're doing. I, it was on my top list. list. No, you said it was on my say, top ten. No, it was like twenty something. Okay, sorry. I w- I'm guessing. Okay, we need to wrap this up. But I'm guessing that out of the out of all the games we've talked about over the years. If I had to pick two games that we probably sold more copies of just because of our hype for them, I'm guessing Glenmore 2 and Ginkopolis. Maybe. They'd be up there, I think. We've hyped those games up a ton. They're so good. And now they're both on our top 10 list, but, which is you know even a bigger deal. The funny thing is, is I don't know if everyone believes in as much hype as we have for them, truthfully. like I've had people say multiple times, John, I like Glenmore 2, but not as much as you do. 
the same so insane insane no insane with Gingopolis. those people are wrong i've had multiple people say that's a good game but it's not like you know best of all time john so i've had that on both of those yeah i disagree with them Dean, what is your number one game of all time? Everybody like, this knows. This is super important. Everybody it's knows. It's not changed in three years. It is not. And it's going to be hard for this one to get knocked off. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Blood Rage. This game came out in 2015. It's from my one of my, if not my favorite designer, Eric Lang, and Come On Games. And in this game, you are going Onk to is be better. drafting cards. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're going to be drafting cards, and those cards are going to do lots of different things. They're going to allow you to quest, which is completing different objectives to get points. They're going to be battle cards so that you can play them as a as a battle number whenever you have those battles. Dean gets distracted you by can, the beautiful minis. No. I was actually... I was, uh, I was belching under my breath is what I was Ooh. doing. So you can get cards that will allow you to upgrade your different things, your your leader or your warriors or getting monsters. It's There's lots of things that you can do. And then you're going to be using those cards to pillage different areas on the map. So there's like two phases, the drafting phase and then this other phase of taking your actions. You're going to do three acts of that. And I just love everything about this game. I love the drafting. It's even super though, tense. You know, you're using the same cards. It's those decisions are very grueling, even if you played this game a ton, because you might want to upgrade your monster or upgrade your leader, but you also might really want to make sure that you have battle cards and quest cards. And it's just, just an excellent game. I love it so, so much. And it's gonna be hard for this game to get knocked off, honestly. I just there's nothing that I don't love about it. You wanna play game. it all the time any day. I like it a lot. It was on my list. Um, yeah. I, if you want to go to hear my thoughts on it, you can hear them by going back and watching some of the other ones. This is another one that somebody, I, I really enjoy it. Somebody had asked, you know, which ones do you need, need expansions for? I don't think you need the expansions for this. I think that if you're, I really enjoy playing with the, uh, what is it called? The, the gods of Asgard, the mystics, the mystics, the, yeah, the mystics of Midgard is my favorite expansion um i don't i don't hardly ever play with the gods of asgard one but the mystics i really enjoy that one better but you don't need any of it you can play with the base game i agree you don't need it i don't even play with them that much yeah it's oftentimes oftentimes i'm playing this as i'm introducing someone kind of new to it so i don't want to add a bunch of stuff but yep number one of all time blood rage what's my number one of all time dean that is 33 ranked overall it is what my number one was last year i played it again this year it's the big box rosenberg game a feast for Odin. Oh, that's right. Okay. A feast for Odin. Dennis Lohausen art. You didn't like this as much as I do. Like you haven't played it a ton, though, right? I played it once. Yeah. Okay, that's your problem. And I did enjoy it. It. So in this game, you did, have. In case, that, in case that wasn't clear, I did enjoy the game. I thought it was fun. Yeah, you, but you didn't enjoy it enough to put it on your top fifty because you haven't played it enough, probably. Yeah. But you would. Come on. I w- I don't know if I would. This board has a ton of actions on it. And you're going to be sending your workers from Thing Square to an action board where you can put one worker. There's a columns where one worker, two worker, three worker, four worker. And obviously, like the four worker actions are really, really powerful. But oh my gosh, that cost me four workers. But really, the crux of this game is getting goods, um, upgrading goods, which is really cool in this game, to put them onto your player board and cover up as many spaces as you pretty much can. You can get income by surrounding stones or different types of goods, and you'll get those every single round. You have cattle that can reproduce and sheep that can reproduce. But there's just what I love about this game. 
game is it's just so many options for what to do, what path to go down, especially when you start the game off with occupation and you can get occupation cards and that can kind of change your strategy. Um, my wife loves this game. We played it again this weekend and I just was like, babe, this is like your favorite game of all time, isn't it? She's like, yeah, it's one of them for sure. And I agree. It is my favorite game of all time right now. Though I wrestled, man, Gink is just, I mean, honestly, Gink is just as good. So is Lahav and Glenmore and Anachrony. Those five are all like my number ones of all time. I'm just going to be real. I know people are going to hate me saying that, but I did my best of picking, but I just love all five of those games. So good. Yep. I need to play this one. Really, this a lot of people really love overall. this game. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a lot of the games we talked about today. They they are ranked pretty high. I know a Feast for Odin is one of those that people have it as their number one game, and that's it's quite a few people that have that. I think that's great. Okay, that is that's it. it. We did it, Dean. For, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm exhausted. It's over. I'm exhausted. That's a lot of that's a lot of talking about games <sighs> and a lot of playing. I'm games. ready to move on to some reviews and start working on some new stuff. How about that? Okay, sounds good. So anyway. That does it for our top 10 games of all time. And we'll go back to, on a podcast, we're going to be going back to our our every other week podcast and kind of get back to a little bit normal of a schedule. John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. All right, if you're enjoying our YouTube channel, we'd love for you to subscribe if you're on pod if you're on our listening on our podcast, uh, leave us a review, leave us a rating. If you go to at Meeple Town Games on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you can check out a lot of stuff that we post over there. And if you like to support what we're doing, you can go to the patreon.com slash Meepletown and we're Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. All right, John. I'm going with the games that we know that are coming out over the next year, okay? I feel like the ending of that episode, it was like a little, you know whenever you're landing a plane and the, and the pilot like skips a little and is a little <laughs> rough? That was a little rough ending. Go ahead. <laughs> so is there a game that you, are, that you know that's coming out that you think, oh, mm-hmm. this is probably going to make my top 50 this next year? Boone Lake sounds pretty interesting. Uh, there was yes, there was one that I was like, I can't wait to play that, and now I can't remember what it was. Didn't Sue he has have a new game? Vladimir Sue he has a new game coming out. I don't know if it was that one or not, but he does. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, here, hold on, give me a second. Hey, let's just oh, let this be a little man. bit longer. Oh, uh, no. Weather Machine is pretty exciting. Okay, I'm excited about that. Um, that is, hey, we didn't have any Lacerda games in our top fifty. How about that? I've not played any Lacerda games, so that oh. doesn't surprise me at all. I, oh, Dice Realms. I'm going to be... That sounds pretty interesting. Oh, that's true. That's true. I would say... Um, hmm. Yep, I'm not looking on here. I, I'm hearing good things about Oath. We'll we'll play that at some point. Hmm. I don't know if that's going to make top 50. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, there's nothing... I, I mean, I know there's games that I'm excited about, but things that are like, oh, yeah, this is... For sure going to be way, way up there in my top 50. Yeah, I mean, I don't know for anything. I never think when new games come out, I never think that can... I mean, honestly, I know you asked the question, but I never like, oh, yeah, I bet this will be in the top 50. I don't... I mean, this year I added two games to my top 50. I think... I'm pretty hesitant to do that if it's new. I think once I play Kemet, the new version of that, that could... Because I love Kemet, the original. And then Ankh could make my list next year. Ankh, that's right. Ankh, John. Yeah, we'll see. 